You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. The one constant through all the years, Ray, has been baseball. It reminds us of all that once was good. And the only church that truly feeds the soul day in, day out is the Church of Baseball. White Sox Weekly, presented by Miller Lite, the official weekly talk show covering all things White Sox baseball. The latest news and views from players, coaches, and direct from the front office. White Sox Weekly, on the proud new home for Chicago White Sox baseball. WLSEM. Well, welcome in to White Sox Weekly here on WLS AM 890. I'm Connor McKnight. We have you for the next hour here on Saturday afternoon talking White Sox baseball with you. Look at that. You step into this. Look at that. You step into the office and your phone goes off right away. Boy, you'd think it was my first darn radio show. Sorry about that. 312-591-8900 is the phone number. If you're wondering, it's my brother calling, probably asking uh, about what the White Sox are up to next. In fact, it's an interesting question because it's exactly what we'll be dealing with here on the show this afternoon. You can get in touch with the show. 312-591-8900 is the phone number. You can give us a text at, uh, well, I think it's the same phone number, 312-591-8900. Or you can get involved with us on the Twitter machine. It's at uh, C1McKnight is the Twitter handle, at C1McKnight. You tweeted us, and uh, we give you a chance. We kind of want to do this throughout the entirety of the offseason, kind of Throwing out a couple of different questions, ideas, topics, uh, wonderments on on what White Sox fans are looking at, what they're focused on here during the offseason. Certainly, it's been a a big time of change over the last two weeks with the trade of Chris Sale and Adam Eaton to the Red Sox and Nationals, respectively. Uh, But I'm kind of asking questions through Twitter so you can feel free to, uh, to shoot me a message or, or you know reply to a tweet or whatever, and we'll get to it here on White Sox Weekly. In fact, we have a couple of those coming up a little bit later in uh, what I'm calling the, the Tweet Deck segment. We'll get through those and kind of address some of those questions. But by and large, I want to kind of follow up last week's show with this week's show. Uh, sometimes we do kind of independent shows and things aren't all that linked together. But I think this weekend and last weekend – there's really no way to do it other than link the two shows together because this offseason is kind of one, seemingly, one large transition period for the Chicago White Sox and one that's a bit unprecedented, perhaps, if indeed the White Sox keep moving down the road that they uh, seem to be on in, in trading Sale and trading Adam Eaton, as we talked about. And and instead of, you know, last week we did so much of, okay, it, it had just happened, Chris had just been traded. We talked to Rick Hahn about what that trade meant, how it came about, uh, what he saw in the immediate future. And indeed, uh, just after, it's no secret, we talked to Rick just after Chris was traded on Tuesday afternoonish, I guess. And 24 hours later, he traded Adam Eaton and was on the road and having discussions uh, seemingly with, with more clubs about more pieces. So you know, that conversation was very much a encapsulated thing, but... We, we talked a lot about what was coming down the pipe for the White Sox in the next couple of weeks. Uh, we talked with J.J. Cooper of Baseball America in that show last Saturday as well about the returns that the White Sox had got. So it was very much an immediate, like, what just happened to the Chicago White Sox? How do they sit? Where are they better? Um, where are they worse? What's changed? 
what's the future of this organization look like? And and it was kind of a let's catch up, let's catch our breath kind of show. This one I want to maybe look forward just a little bit more and ask what's next. And that's kind of the question to White Sox fans this afternoon. Feel free to give us a call. Uh, shoot us a tweet at the places I mentioned. It's 312-591-8900. That's the phone number. Or you can shoot us a tweet at C1 McKnight is the Twitter handle. Um, what What's next? What do you think needs to be next for the White Sox? What would you like to see next? Do you want to see uh, this road continue for the White Sox? Can they indeed be a little more patient now that the big parts, Chris Sale and Adam Eaton, have been traded for some pretty darn good prospects in return? Uh, what is the shape of this organization? And I've, I've heard from a lot of White Sox fans, um, certainly there is a a regret. I don't think there's any other way to say it other than you know some some heartfelt, some actual regret in that Chris Sale and Adam Eaton, two real good young players, are no longer with the organization. And you'll remember the good times. Remember how dominant Sale could be, how exciting Eaton was uh, as a leadoff man and in right field. But moving forward, I think there's a lot of excitement about what's in this pipeline now for the White Sox, be it players, be it guys like Lucas Giolito, who we'll hear from a little bit later on in the show. He had a press conference with uh, local media and wanted to bring you a couple of comments that Lucas Giolito made, uh, the former number one prospect in baseball, now rated the number three prospect in baseball. Yuan Mankata, the other guy they got from the Boston Red Sox, is now rated the number one prospect in Major League Baseball. Well, I guess it's supposed to be minor league baseball, but either way, uh, we'll hear from Lucas Giolito. Hear a little bit from Chris Sale. We're not going to do complete looking forward. We will look a little backward as to uh, you know what has happened over the last two weeks or so for the White Sox. A little bit of looking back. Um, Chris Sale get a great interview to Nick Cafardo uh, of the Boston. I'm going to get this wrong. Boston Globe. I have to double check that. Feel bad putting Nick Cafardo at the wrong place, but uh, Nick had a really good interview with Chris uh, or with Kenny Williams rather about Chris Sale. We'll read through some of that and look through some of the comments uh, that were made and some of the reflection that was being done. Um, and want to take a look into the new Baseball America Top Ten. We talked with the guy who generated this list last week, and he was kind of working on it as homework, waiting a little bit to see if indeed the White Sox would make another move or perhaps two or three or four, who knows. Uh, that hasn't happened yet, so Baseball America, the good folks, and know what they're doing with prospect rankings over there, have come out with a new top ten. We'll look at that. Also have a couple of news and notes from the White Sox, from some of the minor leagues, and some breaking news just uh, about 20, 25 minutes ago that's worth getting in here. The White Sox have announced that they avoided arbitration with Jose Abreu. Uh, he'll agree to a, or he and the club has agreed to a one-year deal worth $10.825 million. I don't want to it would have been about $10.5 million had Jose not opted out of the structured deal that he had. So instead, he goes into arbitration for this year, next year, and the year after, three years of ARB, just like a normal player would be coming up through the minor leagues. Uh, but now he gets to go to arbitration as opposed to have those values cemented down by the contract they'd inked. So he gets a little bit of a raise. Congratulations to Jose. Well, well deserved. Um, and it goes through some of the stats, some of the numbers for Jose Abreu. And I think, you know, when we look at what's next, maybe this Jose Abreu news um, leads us to a little bit of a springboard as to where the White Sox uh, are looking next, what's possible, what go- comes down the line. And I think there are a couple of big questions that we're still asking, right? Uh, some of those can be answered by Rickon, and we'll hear from him in, in just a little while here on the show. And I think some things were fairly interesting uh, something that he preached in the interview that we had with them last week was that they can afford, now that these 
trades have been made of sale and eaten to be patient. And that's not just with the elevation of some of the top prospects that they've traded for through the minor leagues, but that's also with potential future trades down the line. And I think it's an interesting way to look at that because, or it's an interesting thing to to go out there and say and be adamant about because it, it means something pretty clear, right? With sale and three years of control left on that deal, you could have afforded to be a little patient, but sale is, you know, obviously a different kind of cat, a different kind of trade piece. He's one of the best starters in baseball. One of the best, probably five, maybe six. Have you cut the list to lefties? Three? I mean, that's that's how good, that's the kind of talent you're talking about when we're talking about Chris Sale. Sox fans know that, obviously, and Red Sox fans will come to learn it if they haven't figured that out already. So that kind of moves the market in a little bit of a different way than some other players that could be on the block, that perhaps are on the block for the Chicago White Sox right now. Now that those moves have been made, though, sale, the Eaton trade, the, I don't want to say urgency, but maybe frenzy of the winter meetings has kind of passed and that the G- GMs aren't in so close proximity to one another. Uh, reporters aren't breathing down your necks and trying to knock up the, uh, the the hotel suite and figure out exactly where you are and, and do the whole thing that their, you know, their jobs are. Now that that's kind of dissipated some and some conversations have, have perhaps had a chance to uh, cement themselves in GM's head and team's head and see, like, okay, here's, here's what they're asking, here's what you're looking for, here's what that free agent market looks like. And the White Sox uh, dipped into the free agent market some with a one-year deal to Derek Holland that we'll talk about when we come back after this quick break. Um, but there are, in Jose, there are a number of players, like Jose Abreu, I should say, there are a number of players that the White Sox now can kind of relax on the gas pedal some in terms of looking to deal, in terms of you know what those returns need to be in order for the White Sox to make their club better down the line. It's not necessarily the, the you, know, you don't have to have that pedal through the floor in order to establish exactly what it is, establish the, the rebuild, I guess. And I know Rick's going to, uh, Rick Hahn, the GM, doesn't love the word rebuild. I guess no GM really does, but it's it's a retooling. It's a it's a reimagining of the Chicago White Sox as a whole. And and I guess to a certain degree, we can kind of change the uh, the speed at which we're heading down that kind of road that the White Sox have seemed uh, to put themselves on. Uh, we'll head out to the phone lines real quickly here before uh, we hit the break. 312-591-8900 is the phone number. It's John in Riverside. What up, John? Hey, Connor. I think you bring up a really uh, good point about uh, where, where the White Sox are heading and, and, and the position Rick Hahn's in right now. Because, you know, if you think about trade partners with, you know, obviously with moving sale, and I thought that was really the interesting thing about moving Eaton the next day was, you know, you would think in some ways when the Sox made the sale move that it, that it seemed pretty clear, okay, we're in for a rebuild. Right, right. Other teams know that maybe the value would have went down. And to get the return for Adam Eaton at that point, I mean, it was was, was pretty remarkable that uh, that they got. Um, but that that kind of makes me wonder about the rest of the pieces, um, especially a guy like Todd Frazier right now, because mm-hmm. you know it, it 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 seemed to possibly hurt Frazier's value this week. The Dodgers re-signed Justin Turner. Um, what other options do you think are out there? I mean, obviously there's one year left on his deal. He's an outstanding third baseman, but there just doesn't seem to be a lot of need for third baseman out in the market right now yeah for so so john on fraser specifically you're looking for where exactly that market might be yeah 
Yeah. Okay. I got you. Uh, appreciate the phone call, John. And it's a good question. And I think you're absolutely right in that uh, the Dodgers re-signing Justin Turner, who you know, I don't know that I don't know that the Dodgers had many better fits than bringing back the guys they did and Kenley Jansen and Justin Turner uh, spending that kind of dough. Uh, we'll, we'll talk about a couple of teams are dipping into the luxury tax for the first time and for uh, the 14th time in the case of the New York Yankees this year. But uh, with the Dodgers tipping into that that market as well, or that um, that luxury tax bracket as well, I, I kind of figure those were the best moves for them to make. And I, and I did think that the Rockies, uh, the Rockies, that the Dodgers were probably one of those teams that made the most sense for Todd Frazier. I, I think that's why. And and when we talk about kind of laying off the gas pedal some in in, in these in the potential moves the White Sox could be making, I, I think Todd Frazier is a guy who more than more than maybe anybody else that's currently on this White Sox roster is the guy that the gas pedal gets eased off of most. I don't know that there are really great fits right now for a third baseman of Frazier's, you know, general um, statistical makeup, right? That power-hitting kind of guy. The Rockies had nudged around reportedly a little bit in in wondering whether Todd would be or or, or whether that was a, a fit for them at first base, Todd Frazier playing first base. And and that'd be an interesting match too, right? I mean, whether it's uh, Todd Frazier going to Coors Field or anybody else, the ball launches. And it'd be really interesting to see a guy who hit 40 home runs like he did last year in Todd Frazier head to Coors, play 81 of his games where there is no atmosphere and the ball just launches uh, and see how many he could put up there. I, I think that kind of market, and I think in, in Jose Abreu too, perhaps, you're justified in waiting some. And I don't even think justified is the right word. You're smart in waiting some and letting the typical course of baseball, whether that's teams making a few more trades in this offseason or spring training taking its toll, hamstrings pop up all over the place, whether they're in Florida or Arizona, I think you do have to wait and kind of survey some. And I, and I think what will be really interesting is if, and we'll talk about this when we come back after the break, we'll have a little discussion about Derek Holland and a little bit more about what this offseason and, and next season um, an extra trade deadline season kind of means for the White Sox. I think what's going to be really fun, personally, and I listen. I love the deadline. I always have. It's it's like Christmas, which is coming up in just a little bit. But I, it, it's like that for me. You get to if you're going to sell, if you're that, if you're a team that's selling, I love the idea of being able to just feast off the delicious desperation of other teams, and I, and I think that drives market prices up. I think it's fun to watch. GMs do that. I think if you've got to be, and listen, GMs want to be in a place, and the White Sox have been for the last handful of years, admirably so, pushing to win every single ball game they could. That's going to change a little bit, but that doesn't mean that every single day that front office isn't looking for opportunities to make that team, the 2018 team, the 2019 team, to make that window better, brighter, and a little bit closer. Because when the, the, the trades of Sale and Eden, you brought back prospects that, yeah, right now look like they're going to start the 2017 season in the minor leagues. But I think pretty soon Yohan Moncada comes up. He's the number one prospect in baseball. He got a taste last year. Same with Chilito, same with Ronaldo Lopez. And I think because of those, because of those, those, those teams, or, or because of those players, I guess, that the team itself has a window that looks a little bit different than teams who have gone through this process in the last handful of years. I, I am perilously late for a break, and, and Justin Basic, our producer here, is going to leap through the glass and 
strangle me, but I'm going to hold that off for just one second. You can join us. Nope, this one. Uh, if you need a last-minute holiday gift for your favorite White Sox fan, like John in Riverside, head to Chicago Sports Depot during the holiday shopping sale, December 19th through the 22nd from noon until 5 p.m. I'll say it again. The Chicago Sports Depot. It's the holiday shopping sale, December 19th through the 22nd from noon until 5. So if you, you, know, you, you get in the car right about noon, you listen to White Sox Weekly on the way down there, and then, you know, or the, on the podcast or whatever it happens to be. And then you score 30% off everything in the store. 30%. It's located right across the street from Guaranteed Rate Field. It is the one-stop shop for all Chicago sports gear. We come back, we'll talk a little bit about the newest member of the White Sox, Derek Holland, signed to a one-year deal and going to start some ball games on the south side this year. I'm Connor McKnight. You got the phone number, 312-591-8900. Hit us on Twitter, at C1McKnight. We'll be right back. Breaking ball from Holland, he gets his first strikeout. Now a 2-2. Call strike three. Eric Holland gets the punch out. That's his third strikeout of the evening. 2-2 pitch. Got him swinging. Got him swinging. Good breaking ball down and away. And Holland has struck out the first two angels he's faced. Got him swinging. Derek Holland. An exclamation point to start this ball game. Punches out the angels in order. And Derek Holland gets a nice ovation. The crowd standing at Globe Live Park applauding the 28-year-old left hand. That's your newest White Sox, Derek Holland. Hopefully we'll get him on the show. I imagine we'll get Derek Holland on the show a little bit uh, after the holidays, I think. Uh, it's, you know, everybody does their own thing. They go on vacation. They go around. They're, they're rebuilding, too. I mean, the offseason has begun, or really it's it's been underway for about two maybe three weeks, depending on who you are, depending on what player you are uh, and what you do. Uh, but your off-season program, your regime has kicked in now. The the month and a half or so that a lot of players leave themselves to, you know, kind of get back to neutral and uh, regenerate some of the injuries and, and some of the issues, some of the bumps and bruises that come up during a 162-game season, that's over. Um, and they are they're back at it. And I know a lot of guys – Use essentially, you know, like this week leading up into the uh, the Christmas holiday. A lot of guys sep- uh, celebrate that, um, and I think Hanukkah is right on the same day this year. But a lot of guys use that holiday break to kind of take a little bit of a break themselves. Maybe go somewhere, you know, like normal human beings do. Except, you know, once they get there, they run like thirty five miles. Or if you're a pitcher, or you're doing whatever your your off season regimen is going to look like. So once they get back and once they return and and really get into their their um, their routine a little bit more. We're going to be talking to a couple of those guys leading up to Sox Fest, which is January 27th through the 29th, by the way. You're going to want to get yourself out to that. Uh, you can join us for a fun season of White Sox baseball, in fact, with your own customized Pick 7 or Pick 14 plan. Choose your favorite games and promotions and enjoy savings off the individual game ticket price. These plans are available now, so secure your seats before individual tickets go on sale. For tickets or more information, Visit WhiteSox.com slash season tickets or call 312-674-1000. I thought the Derek Holland signing made a lot of sense. Who is he? Who's Derek Holland? Uh, he's been in the big leagues from 2009 to 2016, working completely with the Texas Rangers. I think most baseball fans have a grasp on who Derek Holland is. He's uh, an ebullient guy, kind of effervescent, good uh, clubhouse dude, kind of goofy. By all accounts, uh, a nice guy to, to get along with, to talk to, to, to hang out with. He's uh, had real success in the big leagues, but had a couple injuries pop up over the last two years. He's only thrown 
I think it's 203 innings, uh, and I, I should say over the last three years, uh, 203 innings since the start of the 2014 season. He had had a knee injury uh, and some shoulder issues. So the White Sox swoop in there with a, a one-year deal to Derek Holland to come rebuild yourself, figure yourself out again. And I don't think, you know, listen, it's a one-year deal for a guy who's 30 years old, a guy who had had some success in the big leagues, a guy who's left-handed, a guy whose strikeout rates, if they returned to where they were, look pretty good. A guy whose walk rates, who if they returned to where they were, look all right. There's no secret that if, if he succeeds over the first handful of months as a Chicago White Sox, that, you know, potentially he could be headed somewhere else to help, you know, boost the very process that the White Sox started on in trading Chris Sale uh, just about two weeks ago. Holland, and we'll talk about him more after the 1230 news, too, but Holland is a guy who I like a lot as a, as a match with the White Sox for a number of different reasons, not the least of which are the fact that they are, the White Sox, so incredibly good at keeping pitchers healthy, making sure that they hit the post every five days, and that they're out there uh, improving on some of the, the finer points of, of pitching of throwing strikes, of locating, of getting over and being in attack positions when they face major league hitters um, every five days or out of the bullpen, however it happens to be. Really like the idea of Derek Holland coming in. We'll talk about it more when we get back from the 1230 News. 312-591-8900 is the phone number here on White Sox Weekly. Stick with us. You get the news, and then we'll uh, talk more White Sox on the other side. you got WLS, AM 890. Certainly if we had our brothers... We'd have several similar such deals over the coming days while we're here. That said, we realize we need to be patient in this process. We realize that what we're trying to do is, is, is create something sustainable over the long run, and that doesn't usually happen overnight. That uh, It's a process that takes you through an off-season and likely through a trade deadline and potentially another off-season before you start gaining that critical mass. Now, it's the market for certain of our players based upon their their ability and and their control and fits on other clubs does lead to more similar deals that we feel good about. We're thrilled to move on them now, uh, but we can't force the issue. we got to take a longer-term approach than that. That's White Sox general manager Rick Hahn. He spoke with White Sox Weekly last Saturday, and I thought that was a pretty pertinent quote for where we sit now and what we kind of wanted to make the theme of the show this afternoon. 312-591-8900 is the phone number here on White Sox Weekly. You can uh, shoot us a tweet as well, at C1McKnight. At C1McKnight. At C1McKnight is the Twitter handle, uh, because I'm I'm Connor McKnight, and that's, you know, mostly close to the name anyway. Uh, But you can shoot us a tweet there as well if you want to get in touch with the show. Rick was uh, preaching patience there, I think, in a lot of different respects. And I, I like where that mindset or how that mindset allows the White Sox to approach the next, I don't know, let's call it calendar year, right? The year, uh, the, the season year of 2017. I think when you look at, and we talked some about, you know, Derek Holland and, you know, what the what's next for the White Sox. And I think as we move down this line and kind of ask the question to you this afternoon, what is next? What do you, uh, what's, what's on your list, I guess? Since this is a season of lists and checking them twice and whatnot, what's, what's on that checklist for you? What do you think the White Sox next steps uh, need to be? What would you prefer uh, move on? And, and how do you want to see them build this uh, this franchise and build it deeper and wider and uh, and better, I guess, talent-wise, all throughout? So that's, that's kind of the question we're talking about. 
Let's listen to a little bit of uh, Lucas Giolito talking with the White Sox reporters just a couple of days ago in this segment. We will also uh, talk a little bit about the Baseball America top ten list for the White Sox that has just come out over the uh, last couple of days. Obviously, they'd use a uh, had to had to revamp the entire thing with all the trades that uh, Rick and the White Sox have made. I guess when Rick talks about this being a process that can play out over the next year or so, I think most about Jose Quintana. And it's pretty obvious. I mean, I'm not throwing you a curveball or anything that's that you didn't see coming, but I, I think Jose stands as you know that next piece, perhaps, for quite a few reasons. One is that he's not Chris Hill, right? That said, he's really damn good. You know, I mean, I, I think we have made so much, and really the national media has made so much of Jose Quintana's, you know, tough luck win-loss record, which to me doesn't matter much at all other than it's it can be brutal for a guy to go out there, pitch as well as he does just about every time out, and not have his team win ball games. But I think by and large, when you're... Let's say you're the Boston Red Sox. Let's say you're the Houston Astros. Let's say you're the Los Angeles Dodgers. I don't think that any one of those franchises, especially as front offices and theirs specifically, have moved on from archaic things like a win-loss record. I, I don't think those guys are going into the negotiations if, if those trade talks are going on or if any kind of conversation has happened going, yeah, well, here's the thing. He's like, you know, 20 games under 500. Okay, uh, nobody, that's fine, doesn't matter. But I think Jose stands out as a, as a guy you can be patient on because of this, too. He's got four years of control. That's an extra year. That's one more year than Chris Sale had. And what you can't do, and like Rick said, if you, if you caught the rejoin there or if you want to go back and re-listen to the interview, you can check out everything that we do on the show on uh, WLSAM 890 slash White Sox. All the shows are podcasts and archived. You can find all the interviews and whatnot. But as Rick was talking about, we're not just going to do this to do this. We're going to make these trades just to, to make these trades. And he's talked quite often about making more of them. It's no secret there. You make these when the deals have to be made. When another team kind of blows your socks off with an offer. When another team comes across with... Guys like Giolito and Ronaldo Lopez and Dane Dunning, who are, not to give away the whole thing, but they're all going to feature in that Baseball America Top 10 that we're going to do in a couple of minutes. When a team gives you the, the number one prospect in baseball, you know, you, you can't get a whole hell of a lot better than that when you're making some of those moves. You know, I, I just think that with Quintana, and unlike some of the other guys who are you know, kind of veterans on the last year of the deal. Guys like Todd Frazier, guys like Melky Cabrera, guys like even David Robertson, though he has one more year of control after 2017. Those guys there is a little bit more immediacy on. But because of where the free agent market is now, because of how teams have addressed, some teams have addressed a few needs, uh, specifically in the outfield, and maybe not enough teams have a huge need at third base at this point, you can kind of lay back in the cut some on, you know, a guy like Cabrera, a guy like Frazier, and see what happens. See what develops out there for you. And like I mentioned before, and this is just a personal thing for me, but I love the idea of a general manager being able to prey on the desperation of other teams. Hopefully, Rick's in that situation in a couple of months. We'll see.
312-591-8900 is the phone number. We head out to the phone lines now, and here in Chicago, it's George. What's up, George? Yeah, I wanted you to explain to me uh, from these great trades we made what what is what pitching we got and how it kind of fits into our starting rotation and our, in, out of the bullpen. Yeah, and sure. How you see that? Okay, Please. no problem, George. I'm a yeah, confused. I Thank will you. go through that in. Uh, well, I can do that right now. In fact, we'll push. You're going to hear from Lucas Giolito, who's one of the guys uh, that the White Sox picked up uh, just a, a couple of days ago in the Adam Eaton trade. Here's what you're looking at right off the top. The White Sox got – maybe this is a good way to do it. Well, one second. Let me pick up my Baseball America top ten list because they've just ranked the prospects. Good question, George. Let's do it. Here is Baseball America's top ten prospects for the White Sox now that these the trades of Chris Sale and Adam Eaton have been made. I'll read you two paragraphs real quick. It's like four sentences. And then get you to the top ten. And in those top ten, you're going to hear all the names that George wanted to know about. And I'll give you a little rundown on each of them. So here you go. This is Baseball America. This is just a couple of days ago. Before the two trades, the White Sox had a farm system that was solidly in the bottom third of the league. The team's top ten was led by 2016 first-round pick Zach Collins, who I like a lot, by the way. I think he's going to be good. Zach Birdie and Carson Fulmer. It's possible that the White Sox would have had three top 100 prospects, but it's also possible they only had one, as Collins was the only sure bet to crack February's list. Now, the White Sox have a farm system. They'll have anywhere from five to seven top 100 prospects. That's a, a, an enormous amount, a massive amount. Yohan Mankata will lead it, a candidate to be number one on the list. Mankata's trade to Chicago also allows him to move back to second base, his most comfortable position. The Red Sox have worked him at third, mostly. His plus arm fits at third, but Mankata was moved last year because he was blocked by Dustin Pedroia in Boston. New trade acquisitions fill up the top three spots in the White Sox updated top ten and six of the top ten overall. Here is your top ten. Yuan Mankata sits number one for the White Sox, ranked by Baseball America. Lucas Giolito ranks two. Giolito, who we'll hear from probably after this next break, because we've pushed it out just a little bit. But Giolito is a guy who was a number one prospect in baseball, one of the most impressive high school arms um, coming into the draft a couple of years ago. And if not for an elbow injury, a Tommy John surgery, he might have been the first high school right-hander to go 1-1 in the history of the Major League Draft. That's how well-regarded he was. Renato Lopez goes number three, another guy that the White Sox got from the Nationals in the Adam Eaton trade. And both of those guys, Giolito and Lopez, George, have pitched in the major leagues. And both of them have seen some success. Giolito specifically had been knocked around a little bit. But as you'll hear from him in the next segment, maybe that was a good thing for him to a certain degree. Both have really good fastballs. Lopez sits around 96 and touches 98. It's big-time stuff. He's got a curveball that weakens knees. Giolito's curveball is even better. Both of those guys are going to start at AAA, Charlotte, at the beginning of 2017. That's what Rick has told just about Rick Hahn has told just about everybody um, over the last two weeks. Doesn't mean that things can't change. Doesn't mean that you can that they can't blow guys away in spring training. Doesn't mean that they can't compete for a major league spot on that roster. But I think this is me talking, just counter. I think both of those guys crack the rotation, get into the bigs at some point, some degree in the 2017 season, as long as they're, of course, with the caveat that they're, you know, healthy, obviously. Those are your top three, Mancata, Giolito, and Lopez. Zach Collins, the number one pick for the White Sox this last draft, goes four. Michael Kopech, one of the guys, the second most talented player, the second biggest prospect in the Chris Sale trade, 
is the fourth ranked, I'm sorry, fifth ranked prospect by the White Sox. He throws 100, touches 100, sits around 97, pretty easy. Though a lot of things, a lot of scouts would like to see him sit maybe lower on the velocity range and just reach up when he needs to. Maybe give himself a little bit more control if he dials back the velocity some. Kopech is a big kid, big Texan. Looks a lot like Noah Syndergaard. He's got the flowing blonde locks, the whole thing. Should be a lot of fun to watch. He's going to be more in the double A level. He's only 20, but is a one of the arms that you can dream on, dream on a little bit. One of the guys, you know, given his build, given his massive amounts of velocity, a pretty decent breaking ball. He's that kind of pitching prospect that you dream on maybe two, maybe three years out. So he's one of the guys that the White Sox picked up that is a little bit farther out. Uh, Zach Birdie is number six. Now, he is in the White Sox system already. He was drafted, I believe it's 26th in the first round this past year. Birdie also hits triple digits, and I wouldn't be surprised to see him throwing out of the White Sox bullpen at some point in 2017. Carson Fulmer, Spencer Adams, and Dane Dunning go 8, 9, and 10 uh, in that list. So those are just kind of a, a brief look, and George, appreciate the uh, the phone call, a brief look at, at some of the arms that the White Sox picked up or at the arms that the White Sox picked up in the sale and Eaton trades. So while the 2017 rotation, I guess, you know, when they break camp, when they go north, probably north, of, of Glendale – won't be necessarily, won't likely be affected by some of those names. I think in short order you're going to see, or in that 2017 season, you're likely to see Giolito and Lopez in that rotation at some point. Maybe out of the bullpen, probably not, but in that rotation. One of the things, though, that Rick has has been able to talk about, and we talked about patience a lot, it's been kind of a key word on the show this afternoon, is that they don't have to and won't push guys as hard as the White Sox organization has pushed guys in the past. They are very confident and have the results to back it up. They're very confident in their ability as an organization to push young, young arms uh, to through promotions in the minor leagues and even into the bigs and find success in it, find successful roles for those pitchers too. And those are two different things. And And they don't necessarily, because of their the road they're on. They don't necessarily have to do that at this point. So it'll be really interesting to see kind of an an atypical approach for the White Sox to take to some of these arms and be able to, you know, really kind of squeeze all the juice out of them in the minor leagues and and make sure it's a a matured, uh, evaluated, and and ready product when it hits the bigs, whenever it happens to. 312-591-8900. Is the phone number here on White Sox Weekly. You can give the gift of White Sox baseball this holiday season. White Sox holiday packs include ticket vouchers redeemable for 71 games in 2017 and start at just 40 bucks. Each order is shipped with a decorative card and a commemorative White Sox ornament, complete with official team colors and logos as well as festive red stitching. Visit WhiteSox.com slash holiday packs for more information or to order yours today. I'm Connor McKnight. We'll be right back with more White Sox Weekly here on WLS AM 890. So welcome back to White Sox Weekly. We are closing it out for another Saturday. Take you up until 1 o'clock, as we always do. In case you missed the show or tune in late or just want to relive the glory, check out WLSAM890.com. WLSAM.com, sorry. WLSAM.com slash White Sox. That's our tab and all the interviews and 
Good stuff and content and all that jazz that's up there. Hey, sports fans, the Bull Sox Youth Academy, the official youth training facility of the Chicago Bulls and White Sox, runs year-round basketball, baseball, and fast-pitch softball sports programming for boys and girls ages 5 to 18. The academy offers private lessons, camps, travel teams, birthday parties, field trips, and much more. Call 630-PLAY-BALL or visit BullsSoxAcademy.com. That's Bulls socksacademy.com for more information uh lucas giolito we just had a phone call from george appreciate you calling in george and john today uh phone call from george about uh, some of the pitching prospects you want to know about some of the pitching prospects that the white Sox got back in the sale and eaten trades it just so happens that one of them perhaps the top one lucas giolito who was acquired from the nationals in the adam eaton trade had a phone call with uh, some assembled chicago media uh, just a couple of days ago, we rolled on it, recorded it, and because of a jam-packed show last Saturday, what with J.J. Cooper and Rick Hahn calling in, we weren't able to get to it then, but we figured we'd bring you a couple of salient cuts now. Um, one of the things that I think is fairly interesting in Giolito coming over to the White Sox is that it's such a big deal, uh, and I mean that in terms of size. It's it's Giolito, it's Ronaldo Lopez, and it's Dane Dunning, all three of them coming over from the Nationals organization into the White Sox organization all three of them top-ranked prospects, top 10 in the White Sox system. B.A. just came out with that list a couple of days ago. Um, so the, one of the first questions to Lucas was, what's it like coming over uh, with all these guys that you know? Yeah, I definitely think it's amazing uh, to be coming over the White Sox with a bunch of um, young talent. I think, it's, I think it's a great opportunity for uh, – for us to all develop and get better and, and hopefully put a, put a really good team together in Chicago. But uh, yeah, I'm definitely excited to be, to be coming over with a couple guys from, from my previous organization, Ronaldo. Um, I've actually been playing with since 2014 where we're pretty close and um, I'm excited that he's coming over as well. Um, I haven't met Dane, but I'm looking forward to meeting him uh, just because he was drafted last year. Now, Dane Dunning, one of the guys who actually the White Sox had their eyes on uh, in that last draft. Nationals snagged him. He'll probably start in the minor leagues, probably a lower, uh, level lower than Giolito and Lopez. Uh, both Giolito and Lopez did get the call to the bigs last year, and that impacted at least Lucas in a pretty big way. Last year in the minors, I mean, um, we started out in double A, and, and my goal was to just continue – continue to pitch as well as I could and make it up to the big leagues and contribute at that level. And uh, I was given that opportunity multiple times. And, you know, the debut was like a dream come true. It's, it's really amazing uh, being able to step on the field for the first time in a major league uniform. And uh, yeah, it, it didn't go as well as I would have, would have liked it to go. Uh, Obviously, if you, if you look at the numbers and everything, um, but I feel that uh, with the, the White Sox now getting traded and everything, uh, it's, it's kind of like a, a fresh opportunity, a new start um, to, to get up to the big leagues again and, and contribute and do everything I can to stay there as well. That's uh, Lucas Giolito. And I, and I like, too, that, that both he and Lopez, you know, at least as it sits now, are, are likely to start in AAA. Take your time, mature that product. But I, I also like that they've tasted the bigs. And we'll hopefully have that, you know, kind of a burn to get back up there. I don't, I don't mind uh, that kind of uh, maybe even even if it's perceived as a bit of a slight, right? I, I think that's okay. That kind of competitive fire and edge, that little, 
you know, burning your – I don't mind that at all. Uh, a mechanical tweak for Giolito uh, during last year and into this offseason has been talked about some. It's kind of changed. He's changed a little bit of, of how he works. Let him tell you about it. Yeah, last year, last year I was struggling um, with mechanics uh, throughout most of the course of the year. Um, I'm a I'm a big guy. I'm six six. Um, I sometimes things get out of whack, and uh, I I I I believe that I let I let too much get out of whack last year, and um, so this year with, with my training program I have in this off season lifting and Pilates and everything. I'm just trying to make sure that I can uh, stay as athletic as possible, so I'm able to repeat the right delivery more often. And, uh, once I start, uh, playing catch and doing bullpens and everything in these, uh, next few weeks and right before spring training, I'm going to make sure I put that all together so I can repeat my delivery as best as possible. That Pilates thing has really taken off for pitchers. Jake Arrieta made it fairly famous and, uh, won himself a Cy Young in part because of that, I suppose. And I think especially for bigger guys like Lucas Giolito is, you need, and I, I didn't realize this. I pitched some and poorly, um, but I didn't realize until you know my first year working in big league baseball that your your core strength is just so ridiculously important for a big guy like that to be able to repeat the delivery. That's going to do it for us this afternoon. SoxFest 2017 returns January 27th through January 29th. We're bringing ballpark fun to the Hilton Chicago. We'll score an autograph or photo with current players, coaches, and White Sox greats. Your favorite areas are back with an interactive space to play games, win prizes, and shop for team gear. It'll be a weekend of White Sox baseball you won't want to miss. And by the way, a lot of those guys that we read on the top ten list, Baseball Americas, are going to be there at SoxFest. Hotel packages available now. Visit whitesox.com slash SoxFest for more tickets and more information. We'll be back next Saturday. It'll be a Christmas Eve edition of White Sox Weekly. Get yourself involved. Have yourself a happy holidays. We don't talk to you before then. Thanks for calling. Thanks for texting. Thanks for listening. Thanks to Justin Basic, our producer. We'll talk to you next Saturday here on White Sox Weekly. Have a wonderful afternoon. It's blazing hot outside. You get in your car to turn on the AC to get cold air pumping, but it blows hot air out. This issue is commonly caused by low refrigerant due to leaks in the AC system. You want an easy, all-in-one solution that will restore the cold air in no time. AC Pro Recharge Kits. Make restoring cold air easy for even those with zero DIY experience in less than 10 minutes. Save time and money versus going to a shop by picking up an AC Pro Recharge Kit today. Be a pro with AC Pro.